Welcome back to I've Been Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. I am your host, Holrena, and this is a Van Diary episode. It is going to be one of the last Van Diary episodes for a couple months while my kids, uh, we ease into summer break. A lot of their fun in-person classes are coming down to the wire, and that is today. Piano is going to keep going, so I might have a few minutes to to do some, um, excuse me, to do some uh, Van Diary episodes in the future when um, piano class is taking place. But right now, horseback riding is coming down to a wire, and right now my uh, kids are in an outdoors class, and so I can watch them from the parking lot while they go learn about nature and play in the woods with their teacher and teaching them about migration today. So... Um, I have some time to just kind of wing it for a Van Diary episode and I'm just some things that I'm starting to, um, feel bubble up. I always notice patterns and it may have been part of my <laughs> survival instincts from a child, you know, and raised it, raised at a narcissist home as, uh, patterns were a way for me to kind of start to put things together and kind of uh, guess oh, my mom's next movements or a mood or emotions, you know, and there's always those people out there that go, causation does not equal correlation or correlation does not equal causation. Yeah, patterns exist for a reason. I'm one of those people. If I see a pattern in a person's behavior over and over and over again, I'm sorry, I'm going to listen to that pattern because actions do speak louder than words. And if you learn to read through the lines of what people say to you, and then you also learn to watch their body language and all of the stuff together, you can um, save yourself a lot of headache. So I have found that recently I have felt triggered meeting new people and immediately being on my defense, not really wanting to trust them. Um, I'm already feeling like they have like an ulterior motive. And I know this is stemming from having a covert narcissist mom because in my mind and in my heart, I'm like, if my covert narcissist mom could bamboozle me for 38 years, then this nice, seemingly nice stranger could do it too. And, um, I am now noticing that I am super triggered because my mom was a covert narcissist. I am super triggered and give the stink eye to anyone who comes off super soft-spoken and super like ooey gooey kind and nice and innocent sounding. And I think it's because my mom was all those things. Like she would really just kick up her Betty Crocker Oh, blink, blink, blink. I'm an innocent housewife. I stay at home all day long and I clean for my husband and I keep a really good house and my kids, I take care of them all day and it's just me by myself because my husband works so many long hours and I can make amazing fried chicken and da da da. You know, it's just, you know, and now whenever I meet someone, and they just have like this super soft, in inconspicuous voice. Like, I would never do something to hurt you. I'm just like, oh, red flag, red flag. So, um, I 
we had started going to a new church. Um, we really love it there. It's down to earth. And I think I mentioned in the past that I'm going to touch on narcissists in the church because my past uh, church experience was absolutely horrendous. And now knowing what I know about narcissists and a lot of how they can be created, it makes sense that you will find a lot of narcissists in the church, especially if the denomination is very legalistic because it turns um, one spiritual path into a pretty much a peeing contest of piousness. So <laughs> I am still on my growth path uh, regarding my spiritual life and a lot of our spiritual life and how we even look at our spiritual life has a lot to do with our experience with narcissists and how we were raised and, and everything. So what we've, what I have found is we started going to this church, uh, this past summer. One of the main selling points for this church was that it was so laid back and people wore t-shirts and jeans and you just caught a very community minded vibe where they just really, their goal was to move forward in life, building their relationship with their creator and also doing a lot of philanthropy in the community, um, doing food banks and holding uh, dinners for people and, um, you know, to have a warm meal and, you know, uh, supplying um, women's shelters with uh, their necessities that like food cards and stuff don't cover, toothpaste, body, um, toiletries, stuff like that. So that really spoke to us. And that is one of the amazing things. If you don't go to a church and you're not religious, don't, you know, this is my walk. So, but if you do crave a sense of community and giving to the community and you don't know how, churches are really awesome for that. And if you can find one that definitely has that family vibe like this one does, um, it's great. Plus the sell other selling fact was the fact that my mom had already been there and burnt that church village down and left it in her dust. So we felt safe to go there because she already burnt that bridge. She already sucked the life out of all those poor unsuspecting people. And it felt safe for me to go back and to, instead of picking a new church <laughs> that she could potentially just swoop in, the likelihood of a narcissist revisiting um, a situation, a relationship, place of employment, or in this situation, the church, um, that they had already used and abused and cast aside, it's very slim. To me, it reminds me of like those Viking shows where you see like the villain um, sweeping through villages and um, terrorizing the people living there and burning down their homes and stuff. Like that's what a narcissist does to everyone in their life. And I feel like I wanted to go back to that situation because she already went through and ransacked the place. She already sucked all the attention out. She already started to create drama, um, and burnt so many bridges that I don't feel like she would take her and her precious new husband back to a place where she's already burnt that bridge. So it had a lot of selling points for us, but even knowing what we know now, we're very, very like, uh, 
we're very sketched out in, in trusting people and trusting church people and trusting narcissistic people and trusting people super close to us because we had been burnt, you know? So we're just, we're not diving in. We're not gung ho. We are just stip, take, you know, putting our toes in the, in the pool and just taking our time to sit back and get to know the situation. And so that brings me to my main topic now that I've taken us off into the weeds is, you know, the, the triggering that happens and the flashbacks that happen when you are meeting new people and wanting to expand your social circle, maybe beef up on uh, making new friends and connections because the narcissist has burnt down and destroyed any uh, personal relationships you had, like covert narcissists do behind your back, or if they planted enough seeds of doubt in the people that were around you that you don't really feel like they are 100% uh, have your back. And in my situation, I felt like my mom had her claws and everything and everyone. It was easier for me to just cut and run, like just start over and rebuild because, you know, it, you can never fully trust people that have had seeds of doubt planted by a narcissist unless they really got to see the dark side of the narcissist. And if people don't are not familiar with narcissists, it's almost like you're telling them that there's a Bigfoot standing behind them and they're like, sure, uh-huh, whatever you say. You know, they haven't experienced it themselves. So anything that you try to use to defend yourself or to even point out uh, patterns of behavior to go, no, to like back up your experience so that maybe they can sympathize or empathize with you. It's a wasted. And there's a lot of people out there, unless they experience it, it hasn't happened. So why waste your time? Why waste your energy trying to get people to understand where you're coming from? Especially if they're ignorant to the whole concept of narcissism and the depths that it's not just some cliche word tossed around in movies to, you know, describe the snooty character. Uh, it's an actual personality disorder that is diagnosable, but by professionals, I'm not a professional, but it's, you know, you cannot ignore the fact that out of the nine points when someone has all nine, you know, <laughs> and you could just multi lay down multiple examples of, of these, uh, points. So I'm standing in line and it's fellowship time. And this lady I've never seen before in my life. Um, I, it, we've been going to this church, um, since last summer and, you know, through COVID, uh, we have had COVID. I've, we've had something that feels like COVID and we have been gotten a, a positive test. My husband always gets positive tests and, I have never gotten one, but I've had all the, but I've had everything that he has had. So I'm just going to say it's either, it's something, some nasty thing we've caught in at least three times in the past year. year. So, uh, we have, you know, kind of spread out being around public, you know, being around people, other humans. So when we do go, you know, we do see a lot of familiar faces and people start to recognize you. And, and especially if it's a smaller place and this lady, I, if, if, if narcissists could be cookie cuttered out, I would say this woman was my mom's like 
Um, what do they call them? Doppelgangers. <laughs> because I seriously, I just felt such strong, strong similarities just re- reverberating off from this woman how um, she raises her hand because one thing I really love about the beginning of our church is that they go, hey, you know, can you share some blessings that are going on in your life? So we get to start right off the bat in like this down to earth, low key um, vibe where people share the blessings that are going on in their life. And we pass around a microphone for those who want to speak. So this lady just kept like halfway raising her hand but not fully committing to the raised hand. And this reminded me so much of my mom because my mom loved to be in the victim mode because she carried her special story with her everywhere she went to garner sympathy from people. So she always had like that injured pup vibe when she was at church. Like, woe is me, woe is me. Because she would, people would constantly oh, are you okay? You know, and that's how she would feed easily. So this lady raising her hand halfway just screamed to me, I'm not going to fully commit to raising my hand because then you might actually see it. So I'm going to sit back, give a half raise of a hand. So if you don't call on me, I can be a victim of you. And if you do call on me, the story I'm going to tell I get a feed. So it was like a win-win for this type of a person. So after everybody raised their hand bright, like really high in the sky or the, you know, you know what I mean? In the air, everybody got called on and this lady is the last one. And then of course, because she has her hand halfway in the air, very, very docile, like everybody else in the round her start pointing her, her, she's had her hand up this whole time and nobody has called on her. And I'm like, Oh, it's working. Her master plan is working. So she gets the microphone, thankfully before, you know, she got to turn into the victim and she immediately starts sharing a story and she starts bawling. And my mom was notorious for this. The most innocuous story my mom would just start bawling and this woman just went on to talk about how she met a student who only had two weeks left of class and they were so distraught that they wanted they they felt like they wanted to quit and not go back to college and she was just over like she was overclumped she was and they just don't want to go on and I just can't believe it and oh and I'm like this really you know like you are really emotionally invested in this story you know the fact that they're not quitting just the fact that they they feel like they might not want to finish the the next two weeks and and the minute she got done with this apparently very catastrophic situation the story um she cut those tears off instantly and she was done. And then the uh, pastor said, well, do you have a name so that we could pray for them? And she's like, yeah. And she clears day, no tears, no emotion, says the name and then puts her nose up in the air and folds her hands on her lap. And her performance was complete. And I'm like, and I know I'm not, I'm not judging this woman in a snotty way. I am in essence seeing my mother in action the, it was like, I was, if I didn't know any better, I just saw my mom all over again, because this is the stuff that my mom did on the regular. 
So I find that I'm stuck in this place right now where I don't want to trust new people, especially if they emulate anything that's like my mom. And, but I also don't want to judge them and not give them a fair, you know, once through. Like, I don't want to just stereotype them like, like she, they're a covert narcissist. So I'm, I'm just in that confused state of not wanting to be a jerk and giving people a chance, but also not wanting to have my world burnt down for a second or third time and have to rebuild. You know what I mean? So for me, it's easier to not let this woman in my world, right? Well, now, now fast forward, we're in, we're in what they call fellowship where everybody, you know, uh, one person like brings like donuts or muffins or lasagna or whatever. Um, and you could sit and have coffee and chat and catch up with your church family. This lady ends up in line behind me and my family. And I swear, she's just radiating. If my mom was a perfume, she smelled just like my narc mom perfume. Ew, it was so... And I found myself toeing the line. I was cordial because she immediately started a conversation with my daughter. That was always another tell. My mom would never start a conversation with the adult first if she had kid, if you had kids. She would go through the child and then maybe talk to you next. And that to me has always been a warning sign. When there are adults around, but the the other adult a stranger approaches the family and then enters through the gate of striking up a conversation with a child instead of striking up a conversation with the adults, the parents, and then the parents will introduce the child. No, they act like the parents aren't even on the planet and they immediately um, start talking to the child. So I immediately have my red flags up. Oh, okay. This lady can't talk to my husband who's right by her doesn't talk to me, but immediately starts commenting on my daughter. Oh, what a pretty dress you have. Are you like 11? Because I have a granddaughter that's 11 and you look like you are her height. And oh, and the lady, now I used to do hair. So I naturally look at people's hair and I noticed that this lady has at least two months of white new growth with she has dyed her hair. So a lot of times people will let their hair grow white um, because they just want to lean in, get it done and over with, and they're going to embrace the white hair lifestyle because white hair is beautiful. But there's also, because I'm a cosmetologist, I have learned that people will also, when they're depressed, um, they don't want to do their hair. They don't really focus on that. Or if they've had like an injury with a shoulder injury and they don't have someone that could do it for them or they don't have the money to go. But this lady was dressed just like my mom, like a cute little businessy blazer top with a shirt and her. They like to dress a little bit above everybody else. So if you're in a place that's wearing t-shirts and jeans or casual, they will dress a little bit above everybody else to feel a little above everybody else. So this lady, she, she was trying to uh, continue talking to us. The minute I started, um, she started talking to my husband finally because my daughter is shy and clammed up, which is a blessing, you know, because then the lady's trying to get um, more intel out of the da- my daughter and my daughter's just like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. So she just turns around shyly and gets closer to me. And I took that as my opportunity to go, you know what? 
you are so correct. In my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you she, my daughter must have been picking up on something too. So we both turn our backs and stare forward like we were just, you know, looking at the stuff on the wall and waiting in line with my husband who suffers from people pleasing and that he would rather tell me like I will get an earful but he will just smile you know at someone and just you know people please and he's working on his own stuff he says but which is you know makes sense so he he got stuck there talking to her and she's just da, 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 da. and and my son when we got in the van he goes you know that lady was scowled at you like three times when you turned around she would just stare at the back of you and scowl at you and he's only eight and I was like oh yep yep I could just feel it it's because I wasn't engaging with her I wasn't bowing down and kissing her boots I wasn't enamored with anything with her. She reeked so much of the smell of my mom, this covert narcissist. I don't even, I don't care. Scowl at me all the time. Shoot lasers at me with your eyes. Bring it on. If I will take all of that shrapnel, as long as I don't let you in my fortress, because yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say in this rambling van diary of a mixture of stuff um, is trust your instincts, okay? Yes, at times we may overshoot, we may overreact, but we're going to. We're trying to not relive the trauma, the abuse, and the rebuilding that has to go on when we have been the victim of a narcissistic abusive attack. So cut yourself some slack. You are trying your best to not have what you are going through or have gone through happen again. And we are, a lot of us are learning on the fly because a lot of our advice is pretty much circumstantial um, because all of our experiences are different. And part of sharing it with you is to let you know that you're not alone. You are going through your hard time. I'm rebuilding in my world. And I just hope that sharing these little bizarre interactions, thought processes, feelings, vibes, emotions, um, let you know that you're not alone. You're human. And there are more people out there going through the most bizarre situations and also trying to rebuild just like you. So cut yourself some slack. Trust your instincts. If somebody smells like your ex-narc uh, situation, they do. And it's not anything you can ignore, right? And, you know, you don't have to be mean to them. You just don't have to engage. We have to realize that we don't owe anybody our self. We don't have to open up our life so that we can be taken advantage of again. We are not here to be walking mats. We are not here to be taken, you know, for granted. We are not here to just be energy troughs for energy vampires. So take peace, stay strong, and unapologetically guard your kingdom, guard your castle walls, and don't feel bad about doing it because you have a really good reason why you're doing it. And if people don't understand that, then they haven't walked in your shoes 
and they're never going to understand that. So, um, I will see you guys later. I'm going to go in and say goodbye to my daughter's, um, teachers because it's going to be, you know, a couple months before the next school year starts and we have different classes and different teachers next year. Well, next school year. So pretty much just in like three months. <laughs> so, so, uh, going forward, my plans are doing, um, I'll be back in my office and then doing episodes based off from narcissistic terms. So we can just kind of comb through the different descriptions of things that we will encounter and go through and be able to put a name on it. And that was always so very helpful for me. And, um, so yep, that's my plans going forward. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in my VN diaries and listening to this podcast. There are a huge amount of narcissistic podcasts out there. I don't plan to make mine like anybody else's. So, so for those of you who have stuck with me, I really appreciate it. And I really hope that wherever you are right now in your, your path that you are thriving. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye.